Hello and welcome to Egyptian Dream podcast from the Planet Sport Football Africa team out here in Cairo at the Africa Cup of Nations 2019. I'm Tom Ellis. And I'm Liam Flint and we're headed to our beloved balcony from the lift. You may have just heard our ascension there. And here we are for day 13, reporting on all the latest from AFCON and bringing you a bit of colour about Cairo. Yeah, so we spent another day looking for Wi-Fi yesterday. Uh, but now we're back in our seats and ready for the next show. What's coming up today, Liam? So we're going to be reviewing last night's games as the group stage came to a close. Groups E and F all to play for. So we'll be filling you in there on the big teams trying to press their case for the last 16. We'll also be looking forward to the last 16. What are the lineups going to be? Well, we can tell you that. And we also have a feature with Kenyan midfielder Eric Yuana Amondi. So we'll be bringing you that very shortly amongst, of course, hearing everything you want to know about social media. Please get in touch with us. We'll be reading out some of your thoughts later. And generally, I think we'll just be enjoying the sun. Absolutely, and looking forward to seeing a bit more of Cairo later today. Obviously, no matches today. Last night was the last games in the group stages, so we're going to run through those. Uh, in Group E, Angola versus Mali. Mali ran out 1-0 winners to advance to the last 16 as group winners. Uh, they'll face Cote d'Ivoire on Monday. Angola miss out on a place in the knockout stages. They finish third, uh, but that result will be most celebrated in South Africa because Angola's defeat means that Bafana Bafana go through as one of the four best third-place finishes. All very confusing, isn't it? All very confusing. And elsewhere, Mauritania drew nil-nil with Tunisia, so this result means that Tunisia have reached the last 16 of the African Cup of Nations despite not being able to score against Mauritania. The result means that Tunisia will finish as Group E runners-up and they will go on to face the Black Stars in the last 16 of the tournament. So for debutants Mauritania, it does mean they finish bottom of the group with two points from their three games, but I'm sure they'll say a massive learning curve and they loved being here. In Group F, Benin and Cameroon played out a nil-nil draw, a goalless draw allowing both sides to progress through to the last 16. So Cameroon finish second there in Group F, and that will set up a nice, tasty meeting with Nigeria. Uh, Benin go through as one of the four best third-place teams as well, and they'll play Morocco. And in that final game, Ghana versus Guinea-Bissau, 2-0. It finished to Ghana, so they too reached the last 16 of AFCOM. And Guinea-Bissau, of course, head out after that defeat in Suez. Did you say Suez? I think so. In Suez, OK. Yeah, that's right, I think said last week. We often speak about the Ayu brothers and how important they are to Ghana. Well, once again, that proved to be the case. Jordan Ayu raced onto through ball seconds after half-time to put them ahead. And Thomas Partey of Atletico Madrid slotted home after Abdul Baba's cross to seal the victory. That second goal ensured Ghana will be finishing top, which is a massive booth for them. And of course, we've already said lowly Guinea-Bissau will be heading home. So here's the lineup for the last 16 as it looks. These are all the teams who have made it. So we have Nigeria, Egypt, Algeria, Morocco, Madagascar, Uganda, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, Guinea and DR Congo sneak through. Another one of those best placed third runners up. Best third place side. Another, another, it's very confusing, but we're, we're getting to grips with it. Another of the... <laughs> <laughs> One of the four best teams to finish third place in their group. Amen. Does that sound right? That sounds great. We'll go with it. Uh, so three teams finishing 
with nine points, the maximum amount of points they could have got from their first three games at AFCON 2019, Egypt, Algeria and Morocco. So a few of the North African teams there getting maximum points. Looking strong. Looking strong as we go through to the next stage. One more talking point from yesterday is that Uganda's players boycotted their training, so last night's training, because of a pay dispute, according to the country's football association. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen this issue occur in the African Cup of Nations, is it, Lim? No, it certainly isn't. It's becoming part and parcel of the tournament, isn't it? You expect most days to wake up to find that someone is boycotting or something hasn't been paid, which, of course, does not reflect well on... Africa as a continent, but also, of course, these teams. Yes, yeah, so we've seen similar issues with Zimbabwe, Nigeria and Cameroon, but with Uganda really impressing in the group stage, finishing second, they'll be playing Senegal in the last 16 on Friday. So they will not want any disruption to how their tournament's going so far because they've been really impressive and this is the first time they've made it through to the knockout stage in 41 years. So they'll be wanting to really push on some of that momentum that they've created in the group stages. For them, it's just about minimal distraction, so they'll be looking to just get past this as quickly as possible. Interesting to say, all the cases we've seen so far at this AFCON where there has been pay dispute, uh, it's been resolved pretty quickly. The teams have then gone on, you know, the likes of Nigeria, Zimbabwe, so it's pretty commonplace now, so I don't think people will be too concerned, but of course, boycotting a training session, not ideal. Uh, hopefully they won't lose any of their edge for their next game, massive game against the Taranga Lions. So yeah, this needs to be resolved, but Uganda just need to focus really. Okay, now we've got an interview for you. So Kenya, Harambi Stars midfielder, Eric Jaina Amonde, who is out currently playing in Sweden. And quite recently, one of our correspondents, Ida Waringa out in Nairobi, caught up with Eric to find out a little bit how he's adjusting to the Swedish life, how important it was that Kenya qualified for AFCON. And she also asked which top division he can see himself playing in one day. Uh, moving to the Swedish top flight uh, football has been an amazing challenge for me. And uh, it's something that uh, I, I really worked hard for. And uh, finally, I got promoted to the Swedish uh, league from uh, Vasalund to Bromma Boykana, Sweden. And you know, it's said that East Africans sometimes we take uh, a bit of time to adjust to cold weather. So how has it been for you getting used to the cold, to the food there? How different is it? It's so much different from, uh, from uh, what I'm used to back uh, at home uh, with mama's food and uh, uh, with food and the weather. It's always hot here in Kenya and uh, in Sweden it's a, a lot uh, different, especially in the winter time. It's, uh, it's crazy and a very difficult place to live. But I've been in Sweden now for the second year. This, is, this will be my third year now and uh, I'm kind of getting used to the weather. Uh, and uh, I would say that it's normal for me, but uh, it's difficult, but uh, you have to adjust because you're, you're only chasing your dream. Is your future still in Sweden? For now, I'm contracted to Brown Boykana and uh, I'm going to stay in the club. Fantastic. Yeah. And mm. you've made your mark in Europe. You're mm. now there. Any other leagues that you would aspire to play in? Yeah, of course, the, I like the Belgium league more. I like the English Premier League where Victor plays. Uh, I like to I like to compete. I like to go. I wanna go to these leagues that um, people are competing for position. I wanna make a, a mark in Africa. I wanna be seen as someone who did something for both my country and the club level. Kenya Harambe Stars qualified for their first ever Afghan in 15 years. Mm. You're a part of the squad. Tell mm. us about that feeling. Uh, this is something that until today. 
I, I can't find words to explain how I feel. It's been an amazing journey, amazing, uh, full of ups and downs that uh, we've experienced uh, as, a, as a group. We have Sebastian Mino, who is really a top coach and a, a really good guy, a father figure to all of the all of the players. So he's been supportive and everything. And uh, we've incurred challenges, so many challenges in the national team, but we kept ourselves going because we only knew that this chance only comes once in a lifetime. So we either take it or we complain or we take it. So we chose to take it. And uh, speaking of inspiration, we mm. have a look at your social media pages. Mm. You're always mentioning, you know, God is great, God mm. above all. Mm. Tell us about the role that faith plays in your life. Uh, it's, all, it's, it's all God's doing. Uh, the strength that you get to go to play the game, to before the game you have to pray, you, all, you, you have to turn to God for everything. It's not easy for you to live uh, in a country like uh, Sweden alone. You have to, without your family, you are, you are away from your family. You have to pray, you have to believe always that God can give you strength to push every day, that to come, every day challenges come. But it's only God who gives you strength to do these things that you can. Yeah. Any favorite Bible verse? Yeah, it's uh, John 3.16. Yeah. What does it say? Tell us, for uh, those who don't know. For God, for God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son. Okay, Eric Yana there. Great to hear Eric dreaming big. Perhaps we'll see him in one of the major European leagues one day. Premier League, perhaps, alongside his good pal, Victor Wanyama. Of course, Kenya captain and Tottenham midfielder. And also great to hear about what drives him. His Christian faith is a big part of that. Now for something that's become a bit of a feature on Egyptian Dream, Ask Steve. Steve Vickers, our producer for Planet Sport Football Africa, who's currently in Alexandria but will be joining us in Cairo next week, attempts to answer your questions. So we've been receiving questions via social media and WhatsApp and a few voice notes as well. Um, but Roy has been back in touch with us again. This isn't the first time Roy's been in touch, but he's been in touch again with this question. He says, hey, thanks for answering my question last week. No problem, Roy. So here's my question for today. The tournament is a great success for East Africa. Uganda going through to the knockout stage is the icing on the cake. But the very participation of four teams is amazing, given that in most tournaments in history, there was no representation of East Africa. So my question is this. Do you think this success is by chance? If not, what caused this success? And do you expect it to continue? Over to you, Steve. Uh, well, Roy, this is largely because of the expansion of the tournament from 16 teams to 24. Only Uganda won their group in qualifying. Uh, Uganda certainly are growing into a force to be reckoned with. Back-to-back -back Nations Cups for them, having uh, been absent for 39 years prior to that. Uh, you'd often see the likes of Kenya and Uganda coming close in qualifying, but then just missing out. Uh, Kenya had last qualified back in 2004. Uh, for Burundi and Tanzania, they were both uh, clearly out of their depth. They lost all of their games here, although not entirely disgraced, but if it was a 16-team tournament, uh, they would not have been here. Uh, same applies for the Kasafa region, a record five nations from Southern Africa, which does include Madagascar. Again, that's because of expanding the tournament to 24 teams. Thanks for that, Steve. Keep those questions coming for him. He loves answering those. He's got a wealth of knowledge in the bank there, so do ask any question to him. Liam, we've got some more comments, haven't we? Yes, we have, from one source of knowledge to another. Let's get through some of these, shall we? Uh, Lamine Sonko in The Gambia, thank you for getting in touch. You've said this, Well, AFCON this year will be a memorable one to be written as one of the most shocking, surprising, overwhelming, mesmerising and interesting moments to the fans who've watched these matches play. 
Fodo Cisse in Sierra Leone says, The AFCON so far is good, but the refs should stop tolerating so many fouls, and I'd like to see the Ghanaians progressing to the next stage. For the Ivorians, if they assert more efforts as they did against the Namibians, they will definitely make it to the final. And also in Sierra Leone, Mohamed says, I'm not yet impressed with Cote d'Ivoire, but going forward, we will see if they can change my mind. And let's finish with Balong Badji in the Gambia. He says, Ghana were lucky. Guinea-Bissau had the opportunities, but they couldn't find the net. But they did dictate the tempo of the game. Ghana then dominated by their aggressiveness on all of the attacks, which was too much for Guinea-Bissau. So thank you as always for getting in touch. We love to read out your messages. Treat us to a voice note every now and again to keep us happy as well. But yeah, that's all for today on your social media comments. Please keep them filing in. And again, tomorrow we'll go through our list and pick out some of the best ones. Okay, so if you would like to get in touch with us, you can in a multiple number of ways. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or just get in touch with us directly via WhatsApp. And if you'd like to do that, our number is plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five. 232780. All you need to do is send us your message, give us your name, tell us where you are in the world, and we will hopefully give you a shout out. So, before we go, a quick look at the round of 16 fixtures coming up in a few days' time. We've got a couple of days off before they resume on the Friday. So, we have Morocco versus Benin, Uganda versus Senegal, Nigeria against Cameroon, Egypt, the hosts, will take on South Africa. Madagascar, the surprise package, will play DR Congo. Algeria against Guinea. Mali against Cote d'Ivoire. And Ghana against Tunisia. So some interesting fixtures there. Some massive games, I think. I think Uganda-Senegal will be bouncing. Nigeria-Cameroon is huge. You've got two potential winners there. Uh, both underperforming, you'd have to say, so far. They've got so many more gears to find. So that will be... Well, I'm not sure it'll be a sellout because Egypt aren't playing. But... Uh, I'm sure some of the fans will file in there. Egypt, I think, have got a very favourable draw there against South Africa at the Cairo International Stadium. Can only see that going one way. Uh, and Madagascar, can they power on against DR Congo? Some great games. Um, who knows what's going to happen? It's, it's wrong to write anyone off at this stage, I think. So that's it for today. There's no football for the next couple of days, but we'll be here bringing you Egyptian Dream each day anyway with some of the sights and the sounds from Cairo. Maybe we could do a little Nile cruise or something, Liam. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can treat ourselves. I hear that's, that's good to do around here. Nile's quite a big deal. Yeah, it's a fascinating place. So we'll be bringing you some features and all the latest from AFCON 2019. So do join us again. But for now, from me, Tom Ellis. And me, Liam Flint. This has been Egyptian Dream, a Planet Sport Football Africa production for Passion for Sport.